Unity Community of Central Oregon's podcast, featuring Reverend Jane Hyatt. Lovely as usual. Thank you, Victor. What does it mean to be lucky? You know, I I couldn't help thinking as you sang that song of Harry Potter. And remember the day, if you're a fan, when he got the Felix, I'm not sure what the whole phrase was, but it was lucky juice. And, And so for one day, he was he had a charmed life and everything went according to what he desired. And that was perhaps because of the lucky juice and perhaps because of his belief in the lucky juice. We all have the ability to have that lucky juice every day of our lives because we know the truth that our thoughts are creating our reality. Our thoughts that come from in our hearts, not just passing thoughts, not the surface thoughts. It's the deep thoughts. And we have an outpicturing right now of a world where too much fear has gotten into our deep thoughts. But we can change that. We can change that because this is where we repair Today I wanted to talk about the prayer of protection because we say that every week and a lot of you have known this prayer for a very, very long time. But do we really think about what it means? So I want to give you a little history of the prayer of protection. You may or may not know this, but it was was written by James Dillett Freeman who has been called the Poet Laureate of Unity back in 1940. And he, he wrote this because he was serving silent unity for a Christmas service. And so he wrote this little prayer for silent unity because never before did they feel they had needed protection in the way that they did at this period in, in history. And they didn't have a prayer of protection. And they were getting calls from all over the world from people asking for a prayer of protection. And so he created this. And initially, it was the, the light of Christ surrounds you, or, and the love of Christ enfolds you, etc. But then he changed it as he went al- along because they wanted to put it out into the wide world. And they felt that calling it the light of God and the love of God was more accessible to more people. And they wanted this to be a prayer for all. So I want you to listen to it. Uh, and so one other thing before he created the, the final version of it, he was working on a booklet that they were going, Unity was going to put out into the world that had all these prayers for protect, protection. And one of the ones that was right on the back cover was the 23rd Psalm. So the part that, that was key here is, even though I walk through the valley of death, I will not fear because you are there with me. And one of the women that worked for Silent Unity said to him, come on, James, if I were a woman in England and I'm watching the bombs coming down overhead or I'm a soldier in the field and dealing with everything I'm dealing with there, I, 
I'm not going to be comforted by, even if I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, you can do better than that. And so James Dillard Freeman is like, do better than the 23rd Psalm? You know, like that seemed like a pretty big task to him. But he went back, he remembered that prayer that he had created for the Christmas service. And he went back to that because it kept, it kept being in his head. And so he, he revised it to be God and he had the inspiration for the final line. So I want to, I want to say it to you. And I want you to listen to this prayer as it was originally written and see how it lands for you and what part of you is drawn to this prayer. The light of God surrounds you. The love of God enfolds you. The power of God protects you. The presence of God watches over you. Wherever you are, God is. When I listen to this prayer, I don't know about you, but I feel so safe. I feel so held. I tap into a presence that is so much bigger than me and keeps me safe. But that is not the God of my understanding today because that is a God that is outside of me. And when things are not going the way I would like them to go, when I am in a place of struggle, I like believing in a God like that because me here, I feel like a hot mess and I want to know that there's something bigger than me that can handle this. But that's not truth. And, And just because it was written at that time, that was a prayer for that time that was so powerful for that time. And perhaps James Dillard Freeman even understood it differently. But it's a prayer for having something from outside of us take care of a mess we've created. And I think we can do better than that. I think that we can begin to realize that that is not separate from us. That is who we are. It's the wholeness of us. So at Unity, we have, we have added the phrase after each one, the light of God surrounds me. I am the light of God, and so forth. And I don't know if, I don't know if that's the highest version of this yet. I think, I think we could still do some wordsmithing with it. I think that we could get to a place where we really claim the truth of who we are. I am the vibration of pure light. That's what I am. I am love that reaches out and enfolds everyone around me. I am pure power 
There is nothing that is beyond me if I put the mind of my heart to it. I am the presence of God. When you are in my presence, you, the presence of God, feel the presence of God. Like the Namaste song that Soulshine did at the beginning. The light in me sees the light in you. We call it forth. Wherever I am, that's where God is. Wherever. Because I am that vibration. We get so stuck living in the surface world. We look around us and we see circumstances. And we get hooked, just like a fish on a line. We get hooked by these circumstances. And we think that they are real. And on some level, they are real. We're not saying that people don't die or people don't get sick or people don't get sad. Those things are real. They're just not the deepest reality and they're not the cause level of reality. When we go to that deeper level, we find truth that is luminous. It's the truth of consciousness. And consciousness is a vibration. It's a frequency of light. All that really is, is light. And yet our consciousness varies. So when we focus on circumstances that are out there and we get scared, the frequency of that vibration of light gets lower. And we get into that level. We're not in a place of joy. We're not in a place of peace. We're not in a place of love. We have to be on a higher vibration in order to do that. And so we go through a doorway, the doorway of our heart. We go through the doorway of gratitude. Because gratitude springs us from the place of what is that is not well to the place of what is that is beautiful and true because it comes from here. We go into a place of appreciation where we find what there is to love. And that brings us home, home to our hearts. We go into a place of love and kindness, like Karen talked about a couple weeks ago. Because in the act of being kind, we remember oneness. We embody the love that we came here to be. It's so important to remember that our consciousness is changeable. And when we are stuck in a place that doesn't feel good, consciousness is what needs to change. 
I've been reading several novels recently about the time period from, say, 38 through 58 in those, in those 20 years. And I'm, I'm really struck by the consciousness of how it was for people back then and also by the struggles and the circumstances that they were going through. We think we're having a really hard time now, but really, there were some plenty hard times. In 38, for example, in this one novel I was reading, it it talks about this young man who had come from the Dust Bowl in the Texas Panhandle and, and how people died of lung pneumonia. Dust pneumonia, I guess they called it, because the dust would get into their lungs and they, and they would just die from that. And, and this young man was orphaned from those circumstances. And, and then he's traveling across country at a time when there were no, you know, no planes that was for commercial travel. And everything was, was in much worse shape than it is now. People were poor. He said hunger was just a way of life for him. And then overseas, Hitler is stirring things up. And people are making concessions like giving away Czechoslovakia to Hitler to appease him. All of that is going on. They, there's this big hurricane, the Hurricane of 38, where so much is destroyed in that process. All of this is going on. Not too long ago, there's been the, the big Spanish flu of 1918 and the Great Depression in the 30s. All of this is part of the consciousness of these people. And they are struggling mightily. And they don't see hope. And after the war in the 50s, people think that, okay, material goods, that's the answer. And they're all about building up material goods. This is the world that we inherited. We're, we're in the process right now of getting my mom into assisted living. And so my sister was calling me this morning and she was talking about all the photo albums that, that my mom is like in the background if she's in there at all, while my dad was bigger than life. And... And in talking to my mom about her life, she, she was asking her, well, what were your hobbies? She said, I had eight kids. I didn't have hobbies. I was taking care of the kids. That was her life. And I was saying to my sister, just based on these novels I'd been reading, it's like I have so much better of an understanding of how that's how it was. Women didn't have the opportunities that they have today that they fought to get that we inherit there was a different consciousness so fast forward to today we have a consciousness we've inherited all of that but now we have our own consciousness from circumstances that are going on and from the things that we have created And we have created a world that is full of division. Where people don't feel good about one another. 
I was speaking to someone from our community recently, and she was she was talking about an experience she'd had on Facebook where she just someone in our community had made a comment, and she just said, "Oh, I didn't know that." And then someone else, hopefully not from our community, but someone else on the thread, starts attacking her, and she feels like it's not okay for her to just be who she is and say what she feels and thinks. And, and she is somebody who leans to the right, and she doesn't know if there's room for that in our community. Because some people are so outspoken with what they believe as they lean to the left. And that's not okay. It's not okay for us to be cruel to people who think differently than us. Because it's only when we look at the whole, the perspectives that the right and the left both bring, can we create solutions that work for the whole. It's not okay to just say one is right and the other is wrong. We have created a world where separation is the reality And in comes COVID, where now we can't even be with each other. This divisiveness, this separation is our doing, our consciousness. And I don't say this to beat us up, because we do this unconsciously. But if we are to change it, and we must, we have to change the place that our thoughts are coming from. We have to notice the thoughts that are not high and true. And we have to come down beneath the surface to our hearts. And from that place, we focus on what is good and true. St. Paul in one of his letters said, If anything is good and true, think on that. Think on that. This is what we must do. We must, as a spiritual community, join together and focus on truth. The prayer of protection, we need to focus on what is truth so that that becomes a reality for everyone. Protection is needed now. Safety is needed now. Where does it come from? It comes from knowing myself as light and knowing you as light and knowing all people as light, all creation as light, knowing us as love, knowing that love is the only truth. Light is the vibration of love, and that is what creates That is the power that we cling to. That is the presence that is real. That is the God that we pray to and praise. Love, light. In a couple of, in a week, I'll be starting a class on resilience. And resilience is about being able to hang in there no matter what's going on. How are we able to do that? I propose to you it's through accessing the power that is ours. 
In unity, there's a teaching called the 12 powers, and maybe you've encountered that, and maybe you haven't. But it's powers like love and wisdom and life. There are 12 of them, and we're going to be studying them. And we're going to be studying how do we embody those powers? How do we claim them as our identity rather than something that's outside of ourselves? When I feel like I don't know what to do, I have a tendency to look for wisdom on the outside of me. I, I would love to be able to dial the phone and, you know, find a psychic or somebody who would, who would give me the answers because I don't feel like I have them in that moment. But that is a misuse of power. That is not the right thing to do. The right thing to do is to claim the wisdom that I am. Not to look for it somewhere else. I'm not saying that you can't talk to a psychic. Psychics are tuned in to truth. At least the good ones are. (laughs) And if they say something, you resonate with it because it resonates with the wisdom inside. And that's how you recognize that it's truth. It's not because somebody outside of you said, this is so. It's because somebody outside of you said something and you said, ah, this is truth. I know it. That's why you can find signs anywhere you look. Somebody was telling me the other day that she gets her signs in music. She's She's going along and she hears a song and she's, ah, that's truth. That's where her signs come from. People find them on billboards. You're reading books and you read something and you say, ah, that's so true. You hear it from the mouth of babes. Children say something and you think, ah, that's really true. The signs are everywhere, but you recognize them as true signs, not ridiculous signs, because those are out there also, and we've all seen them. You recognize them as true signs because they resonate in your heart. This is our our task as individuals and as a spiritual community to come together to be the light, to be the love, to know the power as ours, to be the presence of light, divinity, to shine the light so that others can remember who they are. We are not here to convert anyone. We are here to illuminate, to awaken First ourselves, and then one another. The prayer of protection is meant to be not a call to someone outside of us. Our protection comes when we remember the power of who we are, because there is only one power. Do you remember that phrase that we have often said, there is only one presence, one power in the universe and in my life. God, the good, 
omnipotence. Or translated, there is only one presence, only one power. It is divinity. It is light. It is everywhere. The things outside that seem so powerful, whether it's a politician or a pandemic or a a condition like poverty, those things are not truth. They are not the one power. The one power is light, love, truth, us. Namaste. Namaste. 